So for the goal this morning, I like goals. I'm that guy that gets all excited at the New Year's. We got goals. I want to put it on paper. I want to figure it out. I like goals. So the goal this morning is to look at a passage probably most of you know. Most of you probably can quote at least 90% of it. At least have probably heard the passages that we're going to be talking about today. And that is salt and light. And I'm sure you guys are instantly putting a picture in there. You guys are instantly, you know, thinking about Jesus's words. But here's the goal for today. If by chance there's a possibility that we can just acknowledge that we can still grow and learn even if we've heard something before, there's, there's that chance. Now here's the humbling part. Sometimes I get to where I think, well, I already know where he's going. I know what he's going to talk about. I'm not going to say I tune out. I'm not going to admit that or I'm not going to speak that. But maybe distractions come in easier, okay? And so here's, here's the humbling part of my story. This week I started helping uh, a good neighbor of ours, a close neighbor of ours with Harvest. And they needed some help with driving the trucks, you know, to the field or, and get weighed and that stuff. And, and they're like, you can drive a big truck, right? And I'm like, yeah. You know, I've been in the military. I drive all kinds of big trucks. I drive our church bus that's a standard. I'm good. You can drive that thing. You're golden, right? Yeah, anybody that knows it, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful piece of equipment. And, and I'm thinking every day I drive a Jeep that's a standard. I'm good. You know, well, I wasn't good. Okay, so I learned a lesson. I was humbled. All you truck drivers that do it professionally, I have a whole new respect for you. All you farmers that run those trucks up and down the road on these narrow roads that like to suck you in the ditch, I have a whole new respect for you, okay? Because there's a whole big difference between using that clutch and, and getting a vehicle to go up and down the road or even a church bus and then finding that sweet spot to sink or to get those gears to float. Yeah, and then remembering when you're on the high side to switch back to the low side yeah, I killed it once. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, I was trying to go in low, but I was still on the high side, and it just wasn't cooperating. Anyway, I was humbled. Every time that gear goes, you know, and I'm trying to just find something, coasting around a corner, just hoping to find something to keep going, it got done, okay? But it wasn't pretty. It was humbling. But the Lord can speak to us no matter what situation we're in. And we're going to hear in a little bit about praying continuously. I'm telling you, as I was grinding gears, I was praying, Lord, help this thing get in a spot. (laughs) And then I remembered I was driving three different trucks. One of them was only an eight speed. So that really didn't help when I was used to the 10 speed because I was trying to go with the six and it was really just low. And that did not work. So anyway, if you've driven those trucks, you know what I'm talking about. I'm getting better after a couple days driving them all day long. I'm, I'm getting it. Downshifting was a whole new ball game though, okay? I'm learning that too. Anyway, 
So it was humbling, but I got to thinking. Everybody kept telling me, giving me advice, you know, saying, you just got to listen to the motor. Each truck's a little different, whether, you know, one of them's a Cummins, one of them's a Detroit, you know, a little different. Some of them, you get it in gears, it's going up. Some of them, you got to wait for it to be peak out and come down. Then you just find that spot to get that gear to go in. And the Lord spoke to me. You know, that's kind of like the what I've been asking you to do for a while now. If you just tune in to me and listen to me, I could find that teach you right where to go, guide you which path you need to take. And then the simplest thing is I'm grinding gears up and down Barton County highways. I realized, okay, God, maybe I need to listen and just focus in on you a little bit. And that's what I want us to do today. We might know this passage. Good chance. I hope you do. But I think if we tune into him Get rid of distractions and just focus on him for a little bit this morning. I think it'll help us grow a little bit towards him. Get us down that road a little bit smoother without grinding through life a little bit. And so that's a simple thing, but it spoke to me in a big way. And as I was preparing this message, I got to thinking, you know, there's probably people in here or maybe watching that don't want to hear about scripture from a bald-headed beard guy. I get that. I get it. Not everybody likes the bald head and beard. I get it. So if you can get past that, we're going to grow together in this. Real quick story on the bald head. First of all, Austin back there inspired me. He can, he can pull it off greatly. So I'm trying to, you know, pull it off too. But the truth behind the, the, the whole buzz in my head thing was, uh, you know, it's nicer out, you know, and, and I was trying the whole comb over thing. Well, I took the doors off my Jeep and I was cruising down the highway and I looked in the mirror and it was just standing up straight. <laughs> so I knew I couldn't do that. And then I, I told him just to cut it, told Miss Lynn, just kind of cut it short and, you know, I'll still comb it over. And, and so I was doing that. But then whenever we came on full time here in July and I was learning how to do the little tablet that switches the camera so that we can have a good viewing here. I was learning how to do that. And I was playing with the camera angles and everything. And I was sitting here right on the, in, I think the second row. And I realized I looked down and I saw my own head from the view of that camera. And it was just all white. I'm like, goodness, you know. And then I went back and I watched one of my sermons that I preached. And every time I go to read, all you saw was a thick patch and a couple lines. So I went into Miss Lynn and I said, just get rid of it. Just take it off. I'll just deal with it and I'll get a tan, you know. And so anyway, so if you got a problem with the bald head and the beard, I'm sorry. But we're still going to dig into the word despite it, okay? So salt and light. Just like whenever I was having to pay attention to the sound of that motor, I had to focus in on listening and, you know, I love the people that I'm working with. Love them. They're like family to me, always have been since I was little. Um, but not all the RPMs work and not all the gauges work on some of these. So you can't just watch the gauges and know when to go. I had to focus in. And so just like when I was focusing and trying to get these trucks down the road, I thought about this. And we have an opportunity to focus. 
See, not everybody gets that opportunity. Not everybody is promised tomorrow. None of us are. But as we know in, in, in certain things that are happening in our communities, there's some that thought they were going to be here today, and they're not. So we have an opportunity because we're still breathing. God's given us that gift of life today to tune in and focus on him. So if you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, you guys probably know, is the, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' is, is famous sermon. And there was you know, a ton of people there. And then Jesus kind of said this statement. Now, it actually starts, we're going to be looking at 13 through 16. But I want to start on 14. Okay, So let's read 14 through 16. I'm reading out of the NIV. You guys' versions might be a little different. That's all right. It says the same thing. So verse 14 out of Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others and they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And I can't hardly read this passage without singing the little kid song, This Little Light of Mine, right? We all know that, hide it under a bush. Oh, no, we wouldn't do that. We want to shine that light, right? How many times, probably this week, maybe even today, have we had an opportunity to shine that light and we chose not to? Now, remember, there's no condemnation in Christ, so this isn't the point of finger thing. I'm just trying to get us to think. And a great example of this, when I was in Kosovo, I spent about 10 months there. And one of the things that we would do is we'd drive our Humvees up on these mountaintops. If you've been to Albania, same kind of terrain, great big rolling hills, some mountain peaks. And we're pushing Humvees through like paths made for donkeys and carts and small tractors. But the off-roader in me, I enjoyed it. You know, it was fun. We did it day in, day out. Anyway, we're sitting on this mountainside. Middle of the night, don't know exactly what time, but it was dark. And in Kosovo, they didn't have enough electricity for everybody. So what they would do, there's just a whole bunch of little villages out where we were, in the sector we were. And so they would cut off electricity from one town to the next. Just completely cut it off, and they'd kind of rotate it. It wasn't always fair when they did it, but that depended on who was controlling the switches. But this particular time, we were looking over a a village, kind of in a valley, and we were just watching... And it's called an LPOP, is it, listen and observation point is the term of it. And so we were sitting there, middle of the night, and they had cut the electric off. You couldn't see anything. Just black as black, moon wasn't out, nothing. And if you ever get a chance, I don't know if you ever will, uh, but when you're looking through night vision goggles, its job, the point of that job, of that goggle, is to amplify any speckle of light. So what we would do when they'd cut off electricity to the cities, we'd just sit up there on the mountainside with our night vision goggles on and any speckle of light, we'd show up and we'd zone in on it and we'd be able to see it. A little side note, if you ever get an opportunity, go out when it's dark and go look at the stars. We think we can see them maybe out in the country. There's millions more. 
and you, you look through them through those night vision, it's just the whole sky is speckled. It's beautiful. God's creation is very pretty. Well, one particular time, because we were doing this, and this is what reminds me of this, Jesus is talking about one little light can make a difference. Whatever's inside of us, one little light can be a world changer. The reason we would do this is we'd be looking for smugglers coming in from Serbia, and we could see any time that they would flash their lights. They didn't just have their headlights on. They weren't that, you know, they were smarter than that. But they had to every once in a while check to see where they were going. And so they'd like silhouette a little bit. And then as soon as they do that, they'd turn, shine their light on real quick, see where they're going. Our night vision would pick up on it. And we'd hone in and, and do our thing. Usually they got away. It was their backyard. <laughs> okay. But the reason I think about this If we could focus in on God and see that little speck of light that he is shining and we could go put it into practice where he says, nobody, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. We put it on a stand and give light to everyone in the house. If we, the church, this is bigger than Oakton, but it's definitely still here at Oakton, no matter what campus. If we choose to, we get to be that little speckle of light in someone's life. And that should be exciting. Should be exciting. If it's scary, I understand. We need to just focus in on the Lord. But it should be exciting that we, you know, Paul said that we're an ambassador to Christ. We get to represent Christ in the world. We get to. We get to. And we get to be that little shining light. So the next part of it is the salt. I want to go back to verse 13. The salt. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Salty. So I want to know what the world thought the word salty meant. And so I looked it up, you know, just like most people do. And if it's an adjective, this is what we kind of know it as. Salty is salty tasting of and containing or preserved with salt. No kidding, right? No brainer. But what I thought was interesting, whenever you're talking about salt, it has two things there. And you guys know this. It makes it taste good and it preserves. Now, I learned very quickly in our marriage, because my wife does her best to make a meal that tastes good already, that you do not just go throw salt on before you tasted something because it's an insult to the cook. I learned this. So to preserve, no, (laughs) to preserve what was going on, I needed not to, you know, make it taste better. (laughs) But, but salt does those things. (laughs) She does an amazing job. If you don't know, my wife's a great baker and a cook. And so, as you can tell, I don't go without and she does, she takes care of us. Uh, very well, but I, 
you don't just throw salt on without tasting it first. Okay. So, but what I found interesting was this. I like this one. If you're talking about salty in a language or humor, it means down to earth or coarse. Another informal definition is tough and aggressive, similar to vigorous or lively or spirited even. Like, okay, I can see how Jesus is saying we need to be a little salty. Another informal way is angry or resentful, especially in response to defeat or disappointment, kind of a sore loser. I don't think that's what Jesus was talking about. But either way, I think we as the body are called to be a little salty. How are we doing? Now, in no way are we to be arrogant or no way are we to be uh, condemning to the world and anything. We're supposed to be do it in love. But if you look at this, Jesus is saying, I need you to be a little salty. I need you to go out and preserve the world around you. I need you to go out and make the Christian world a little more tasty. And one thing I thought about this as, as I was putting this together, and I know I've talked to the youth, and I think I've said it in here before. How is the world ever going to want what we have if they look from the outside in and all they see is chaos and arguing and bitterness and rage and anger, and it looks just like the world that they're in, so why would they want to come in? And so maybe that's... Maybe... That's what we need to focus in on today. We've, we know the passage. We've, we've seen it before. And I'm not trying to humble anybody because I, I joke around. I try to stay humble because I don't like to be humbled. If, you know, if you guys have been ever humbled, it's not very fun. That's not what I'm going for today. But I want to challenge us that maybe we can still do something. If nothing else, we need to make sure this body's getting along. So that whenever others do come in, they see that love that we know is here. They see that love of Christ. They see that light, that little speckle, that maybe that's what they're looking for. And I'm not saying we're not doing it, but I'm willing to bet we could always step it up. And that's not pointing fingers to anybody, so if, and there is no condemnation. So if the Holy Spirit's nudging you, that's between you and the Holy Spirit. That ain't coming from this guy. But I think we can. And I think we can. I know I can. Now, I I tend to be the more the not so uh, sounding good salty (laughs) sometimes. But I know I could be a little more vigorous or lively or spirited in my walk. Be a little more anxious to go share that light. Be a little more anxious to be the salt of the world. And not just read a passage and say, oh, I, I know that. I'm moving on. And whenever Miss Norma asked me for the, the title today, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not good at names. I thought, I need like a catchy little phrase or, you know, something. And nothing came to my mind, so I just said salt and light. <laughs> but I had a feeling that when somebody read that, they're like, oh, I've heard this before. Heard this message preached over and over and over. And that's great. But how are we doing in fulfilling what we're called to do? I was joking around with Pastor Jim the other day. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to preach on. I kind of thought about preaching on what Pastor Kent did, you know, and this and that. And he just said, well, go for it. (laughs) Go for it. 
So the next part that we're going to move to is if you look at uh, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, and we're, it's verse 50. This is another statement that Jesus has made. Mark 9, chapter 50. It says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it make salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. So the same thing, he uses salt once again, but he says it to us. Make sure you have, be at peace with each other. You know, there's times I think we're doing really good. And then there's times that I think, are we Christians or do we look like the world? My Bible gave me some good points here and I like them. I'm just going to read them to you. You know, if... uh, In this passage, we need to remember God's faithfulness. Just as salt was used in the sacrifice back in Leviticus, it's a covenant with God. Then it said we should be able to make a difference in the flavor of the world we live in. Just as salt changes meat's flavor, as we just read in 13 a second ago. And then we should counteract... The moral decay in society just as salt preserves food from decay. And that's the one that really made me focus in. We need to counteract the moral decay that's going on. If you haven't seen the moral decay, you must be living under a rock. And I don't mean to insult you, but I don't even watch the news and you can see moral decay. You don't have to look very hard. It's there. Now, I want to challenge us, if we don't see moral decay, maybe we need to look at what we are calling morals. If we see everything around us and say, oh, that's okay, that's the way it is. No, that's not the case. Jesus didn't go to the cross so that we would just hand over and quit. So when it calls us to be salty, we need to remember that to be salty, we don't just allow things to happen. We go make a difference. We go and actually start to counteract the moral decay that's around us. And yeah, I'm focusing on the stuff going on in America today, but that's not just America, that's everywhere. Including Barton County. Including, you know, Jasper County. Southwest Missouri. But it's here too. Just because we live in a small rural community does not mean we are exempt from seeing these things kind of penetrate in. At what point do we say enough? I want to be that salt. I want to be that light. I want to. I desire to. I fail. We all fail, but I still desire to. And I think as long as we desire, we keep striving forward, and we keep living for Christ, God will work through us. Just like whenever we would see a little speckle of light through our night vision, that little speckle of light's us, and God's going to use us. And that speckle of light is going to be shown to the world, and the world is going to see it and recognize it. 
if we choose to. That's what it comes down to. It's a choice. Tonight we're going to probably be finishing this at, at, at Oakton Carthage and we're going to be getting into 1 Thessalonians 5 a little bit on kind of what that looks like. And then we're going to be finishing in Luke because we didn't get to it today. But in closing, if the praise team wants to come on up, in closing, what is our desire today? Let's think about that. What do you desire most right now? It seems simple, but if we dig deep and maybe look at our actions over just what we say, because your actions will speak louder than your words, so therefore, what you desire most, your actions are going to do. Now, you guys are here in church. So you've desired to grow closer to God, even if it was out of routine, even if you didn't even know that you did, because that's just what you do on Sunday mornings, you come to church, you still had that action to grow closer. So good job. (laughs) But now what happens in a few moments when we leave this building? What is your desire? Can you look at this passage and think, oh, I know it, I'm good to go, and I'm just keep living life the way it is? Or you let this be like a... Uh, I know you're not supposed to shoot turtles, but when you shoot the water (laughs) with a 22 and you hear that ding, let today be a ricochet of moving closer to the Lord. You got to make a choice. It's simple, but yet it's a big deal. It may be that choice where you, this is a pivot point in life where you've never accepted Christ before and you say, I don't know what he's talking about, but it sounds good and I think everybody around me has that, that salt and light and I think I want it. That could be you today. That could be somebody in Golden City or watching online. I don't know. Don't know what everybody came in here with today. But I know what this says. And there's hope in Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. So do we desire to be that light? Or are we good with looking like the world? It's a simple message, but it has a lot of, a lot of power behind it if we let the Holy Spirit work on us. In fact, it was so simple, I almost changed it two or three times. <laughs> I'm thinking, no, there's got to be more than that. There's got to be more meat than that. What do you have for me, Lord? And every time I prayed about it, I prayed about it, I prayed about it. He said, no, just talk about salt and light. You're good. Okay, so here I am being obedient. But that's what we're called to do every day. That's the challenge today. I'm going to pray. We're going to, we got some praise music going. I know it's getting late. I'm pushing it on time. But if you just have a desire to have that spark enhanced a little bit, or if you desire to be a little more salty for Christ, in a good way, I ask that you just give it over to him today. You can do it in your seats. You can do it at the altar. It doesn't matter. Wherever you do it, just know that it's between you and God. Not for show, not for recognition, nothing like that. It's between you and God. And let Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, work on you. Let him work on you. It's nothing that, that anybody here can do, but his presence is enough. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I ask that, that anything that was not of you, I ask that it just is gone right now. But everything that is of you, 
I ask that it resonates and it gets down deep and it changes us. And I ask that as we re- read this scripture, it's, it's such a short little passage, but as, we, as we've read it, I ask that it comes to life. I ask that there's a spark in there that we show it. I ask if there's not a spark that it becomes so. And we know that's, pre- that's possible through your Holy Spirit's presence. And so, Lord, I ask that you move right here. We know your presence is here. I ask that let it be known in each person's life. And if there's anybody that needs to just refresh that spark or, or maybe even just create it for the first time, I ask that it is done. And as we, as we continue to praise you, I ask that not only it is you that we focus on in the next few moments, but that we continue as we get ready to leave. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you guys would stand as we sing.